Well, my sweet pumpkin pie, how are you? Very well, my cherub. Very how good. are you? I'm very good. We're back with episode two of the Bear Bones podcast. I'm excited to be here. It's exciting. Episode two. Yeah, who would have thought it? I'm going to do my best to refrain from saying, you know. Oh, yeah. I found when listening back to the first episode that that's all I said. Nice. To the Bare Bones Podcast. Well, um, let's uh, let's start with uh, our hot new tradition of uh, you reading um, your thought for the month or the day or whatever it is. Your calendar of ultimate wisdom. Okay, so uh, so letting go of that which doesn't serve me becomes easier every day. I'm constantly creating space for new and wonderful energy to enter my life. That's the that's the the quote for today, Matt. Beautiful. And how does that make you feel? Uh, uh, lighter, happier, more productive. <laughs> you sound so convincing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got uh, we've got a special guest today. We do. We've got a very special guest, Jack Rogers, aka Get a Real Job Kid, a uh, UK-based. Uh, artist, multi-hyphenate artist, musician, but also graphic artist. So Amazing. super, super excited to have him on board for today's show. Yeah, and and so he uh, he did all of the um, artwork for our sort of recent uh, range that we dropped um, December last year. Um, yeah, so he, he did all of the uh, This World designs. So uh, you, you can grab those. Uh, on ghostclub.co right now you can and uh, you can also go and check out what he's doing um, across his uh, socials probably cut that probably cut this bit out to be honest I'll probably cut most of it out <laughs> <laughs> well with that in mind should we, should we let should we let Jack in oh is he here is he ready to go yeah should we let him in has he just been sitting sitting in the wings while we just talk rubbish he has. I, I told him. Told him just to sit. Be sit tight. Because we're we're professional podcasters. Hi, Jack. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Um, Jack. Something weird. I explained about my internet, right? <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Wicked. Nice. <laughs> I, I explained about that internet thing. And it just yeah, cuts what? off. Oh, that's that's quite the service you've got there. Mate, it sucks. I don't know why it's so like I feel like every bit of technological equipment I have hates me and it never works the way it's supposed to, and everyone else has like the easiest ride. I feel the same. I feel like all of my technology never works for me either. Mm. Honestly, like I've I've never had a phone that's worked properly. I've never had a laptop that can connect to Wi-Fi with ease. And everyone around me is like, well, mine's working fine. Mine's uh, good. And I'm just like, well, I hate that guy. Yeah. So, so um, apologies if it cuts out. I'm, touch wood, it should be fine. It's, it's like, it's usually okay. But usually when there's like, 
other shit going on and there's like video happening it just freaks out but i think it's i genuinely think it's my laptop even though it's a brand new laptop um it just hates me for some reason is it is it made of wood dude it's it's just a new i had like a like a um this is really boring but i had my macbook last year like about this time last year just decided not to work um i turned it on one day and it was like nope not not working this was like when i just started to like really dig in on the design stuff had loads of projects on the go couldn't open any of them couldn't even turn my macbook on like apple was saying it was fucked like there's nothing they can do so i literally had to like with all the money i had saved up buy a brand new macbook um try and grab the files that were on Dropbox and then just like start from fresh. Oh, it was honestly the most, it was the most stressful month of my life today. I think it sucked. It was, it was so stressful because it was, it was, I first had like the first couple of big clients I was working for. Um, and yeah, it just sucked. It was like, the, I was like, that's it. I'm over before I've even started. Like no one's going to work with me because I've lost a load of fucking files. Um, <laughs> here we are. Well, thanks for being here, man. Appreciating you uh, taking the time. Um, oh, no are, worries. Are, are you in the UK at the moment? Or are you yeah, 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 yeah. You're back in the UK? Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not all over the place right now, which is good. That's cool, man. Um, I thought it'd be cool just to kind of start from the beginning. Um, so obviously, Jack, you know Leo, um, and Leo knows you, uh, but I don't really know you. So it'd be cool to kind of just go go to the beginning, really, um, and uh, sort of talk a little bit about how you got into design um, and, uh, and music and, and anything else that you're, you're doing. I, I, think, uh, I think we start with, you know, primary school, mum and dad. Uh, yeah, the, the whole, the whole, the whole story arc. I want, I want everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so how did your mum and dad meet? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go right back to like the like grandma and granddad. How they met? Yeah. How, how I was conceived? Where? When? What position? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not sure, uh, sure we need to know that. It is the Valentine's month. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, let's start off shall we um talking about how you got into i guess the creative space uh yeah, what, came first, sure. what came what came first whether it was music or if it was uh design or if it was you know maybe it was maybe it was something you know slightly different interpretive dance you let us know <laughs> yeah for sure um i've always like for as long as i can remember like i've always been terrible at the standard like learning at school you revise you like I wasn't very good with numbers I wasn't very good with retaining information but I was really good at um like creative writing and all, all like all the um kind of offshoots of like creativeness that you had to just use your brain and create your own little world I've always been really good at that and that's something that's always ever since like a little kid I would like my mum's got like um you know when like you're at school and you can like draw coasters that your parents buy like mm-hmm. you, you do like drawings and they put them on fucking key rings and stuff um I was always like really good at that. And she has loads of like coasts and shit where I was drawing. Like even when I like the age of five, there's um, drawings of like me drawing like hoodies and putting like skateboards on them and stuff. Like I've always been interested in um, oh, wow. like, make making things. Um, and I never really thought about it throughout school. I just thought like it was something you did for fun. And I was never told there was an industry for that ever. You always really pushed to like do your science, do your English, do your maths, like do geography, all, all that kind of standard stuff. Um, and then I fell more into music 
first. So when I was about 10 or 11, I had older cousins that are probably about your age, Leo. They're a little bit older than me. Um, and they gave me one day a massive box full of like all their old CDs they weren't really into anymore. So there was like The Offspring, there was Corn, there was Green Day, there was like Slipknot, um, P.O.D., like all these like random bands I'd never heard of. Um, and I kind of dug around them and I was looking through, mainly because I didn't know any of them listened, like sounded like I was just looking for artwork that I liked. So I was kind of flicking through things and seeing things that stood out. And I picked up Dookie by Green Day and I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's like a cartoon strip. Or like there was all this crazy stuff happening. And I, as a 10, 11 year old, I really liked it. Stuck it on and it, I kind of got it because I think I was a bit too young to really resonate with it. But I was lucky enough that I was brought up in a house where my dad would play me like the Beatles and um, Led Zeppelin and the Who and stuff. So it kind of reminded me of that, but like an angsty version. But because I was like 10, I wasn't like a angsty teenager at that point. I was just kind of fresh faced and like trying to absorb all this information. And I really liked it and I listened to it a lot. There was a couple other things that I picked up like Iowa by Slipknot that just scared the shit out of me. Um, being a 10 year old I was like whoa I was like this is this is way too much um, so I kind of shelved that and waited until I was about 16 um, to pick that back up but Green Day really stuck with me and I got like I'm almost certain that I'm undiagnosed autistic I mean anyone that works in music is definitely on the spectrum but like I got so obsessed with Green Day um, to the point where I was buying like bootleg quiz DVDs off the market like in like the local town like to learn everything about them I went full like mastermind special subject. Like I, I, I wanted to know <laughs> everything about Green Day. Like I, I dressed up as like, you know, when Billy Joe was going through like, the, I think, I'm trying to think when I was like 12, 11 or 12, American Idiot would have come out. I was like 2004, 2005. But mm-hmm. I, wasn't really, I wasn't really fussed about that because I was so involved and into like Dookie and Nimrod and like the stuff that came out in the 90s. When American Idiot came out, obviously liked it because it was Green Day, but I wasn't, amazed because i already heard it in a different form um because all my friends are like yo have you heard this band green day and i was like well yeah like of course i have of course i have um but i was so obsessed with them even at the school disco i dressed up in like the black shirt and the red tie and i I wanted to be billy joe so fucking bad and then music really spoke to me and it it was like simple um my dad was lucky enough he took me to go see them when they played um milton Keynes, like milton Keynes bowl and they did that bullet in a bible thing so I was like 11 years old, went to that. And that was like the, the light bulb moment where I was just like, I want to do this. I want to play guitar. I want to be in a band. I want to write songs. Um, I already knew like the history of Green Day that they were like school friends. And I was like, oh, you can start band with like friends in school. And I just had to find people that played instruments. And lucky enough, I was going to secondary school that year um, where there was like loads of kids playing different instruments. So I found some friends and we were jamming. Um, and that was kind of like my first, um, like my gateway into that world for sure. Like where I knew that I wanted to do something in music. I didn't know what, but I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to like cover Green Day songs of my friends in their bedroom. That was kind of the first initial gateway into that world for sure. So my cousins really. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's a, that's a, that's a good origin story. Uh, yeah, for sure. of, of, Of getting into music. I, thought, I like the fact that you went full mastermind. Dude, honestly, it, it, like, it was unhealthy. I think my parents were worried about me because I just had like Koran cutouts. Like I would print out photos of Green Day and just stick them on my wall. Like anywhere I could get like Green Day 
um, content, I'd be like absorbing it. Like I was just like freakishly obsessed. And I've, I've met like a couple people later on through touring and stuff that had this uh, similar experience with Green Day where they just got so obsessed. Like even to this date, like I know one of the guys in Comeback Kid is like a Green Day merch collector. And I speak to him a bunch about all these Green Day t-shirts he has from the 90s and stuff. And we really nerd out about them. So I think they were that band for a lot of people. That's cool. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have a do you have a ton of old Green Day merch as well? Um, yeah, I have I have a couple of bits that I um, try not to wear because I'm scared I'm going to ruin them. But I do have some like yeah. old Dookie like 1994 stuff, um, and I always look out for more. But I'm um, yeah, I feel like if I spend money on that, I don't want to wear it. And if it's just going to sit in a cupboard, I don't know if it's worth it. But I do look a lot for like other bits and bobs. Yeah, that's, that's cool. amazing. Mm. I and, bought some um, good bootleg stuff as well. There's some good, like, new bootleg stuff knocking around that's like men look old, which is cool. And are you still are you still collecting stuff? Um, not so much. Like, I have a whole box full of like unofficial Green Day books, unofficial Green Day DVDs. Like, you name it, man. Like, I'll, I'll send you a photo um, of like all this Green Day shit I have. I, I uncovered some more the other day when I was tidying up my room. Um, yeah, like just and a weird amount of Green Day memorabilia, which is bizarre. Wow, yeah, that's epic. And so from becoming <coughs> obsessed, um, going going to kind of uh, going to school and starting playing with, with friends, where mm. did sort of the music aspects kind of start becoming a little bit more, I guess, maybe not so much as, uh, you know, making money from it, but to begin with just you know, that's something that you would regularly do to start actually taking it a bit more seriously, rehearsing, playing gigs, actually yeah, form, for sure. for, forming a band that actually builds, starts mm. building a fan base and starts beca- becoming kind of like one of those cornerstones in your life. When, when, when was that? Was, uh, with, cause obviously you've got a couple of bands, one that you front called out of love and mm. one that you play bass in called acres. Mm. Um, and it would just, yeah, it's just interesting to us to kind of find out kind of at what what point you kind of transitioned into taking it a little bit more more seriously. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I still haven't transitioned. Everything I'm doing is still like, it's just like for the love of it and, and for the fun of it. But I think it was quite late. I, w- I messed around in like small bands from like the age of 14 to 17, 18, maybe. Like nothing seriously. Like we'd, we'd practice a bunch, we'd... Um, play a couple of shows here and there. Um, actually, my, fir- my first ever show was with this terrible, terrible like school band. We were called Shadow Factory. Um, great name, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the, um, the guy that formed the band was like a massive Dream Theater fan. And I think in his head, he wanted it to be like this prog rock band. And I was just like, now nah, we're playing like two and a half minute, like punk bangers. Like, I, don't, I don't want anything. I don't want no solos, nothing. Um, and my first show with those guys was with um Don Broco in Luton um when I was 14 and there was probably six people there including the bar staff um yeah crazy and like in my mind then Don Broco were like a massive band but they were just like 20 year olds from Bedford that would play Luton every now and then but in my mind they were this huge band there's a band there with like cabs and they have like a tour manager and they have a van and all that kind of stuff I'd never seen before um, but taking it seriously was probably, yeah, like 18, 19 when I started um, a band called Canvas. And we'd like, that's how I met the guys in Acres. Um, we like went out to Europe with them. Um, and that was probably my first introduction to like 
merch because I like before that I was like oh bands need t-shirts of course we didn't know anyone that did them none of my friends were like they were, everyone was really lazy no one wanted to do it so I was just like I guess I'll try and make something um so I just downloaded like a crack version of photoshop um and just taught myself how to do bits because my band needed t-shirts and posters and stickers and all that stuff um so I guess yeah I guess like 19 18 19 was when I started to think like oh you can do this as like a a good side hustle or potentially a, a career um in music for sure nice and I guess that as you say that kind of led on to was it was it your first introduction to the design side of things because obviously that's that's kind of got bigger for you it's become a livelihood alongside kind of playing music mm. um and you've, you've gone on to kind of grow your the get a real kid job brand um yeah. o- over how many years now how many years has it been has it been a little while yet it's or? been it's been a while like i started doing stuff under i've always done stuff with like friends bands and like bands i've been in so like i was always that person people would hit up if they needed like a a t-shirt and i'd never really charge money and if i did it was like 20 30 quid it was nothing nothing crazy expensive um and i've been doing that probably since 2017 2016 and then i started get a real job kid 2018 um so it's been a couple years now i I really kind of honed in what i wanted to do over covid and try to like figure out like quote unquote my style and what i wanted to do and and how i can like achieve that so I, i feel like covid was really good for me to find my feet in what i wanted to do and not copy not try and copy what other people do and not try and imitate another artist that i like got a very unique style yeah for sure i mean there's loads of people that do what i do very well and and everyone that does it um there's like a little community that um that i follow and i speak to quite a lot um everyone does their own take on it so no one's really outright ripping anybody off and like i didn't invent photocopying images and collage like that's been around for so many years but everyone has their own eye on it and their own take on it and it's really cool to see how other people visualize a concept um and how they do things and how i do things differently i really like that so um you uh you started doing a bit of design for for mates bands and all that sort of thing mm. um so what 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 came first was it acres or out of love um so it was acres so i joined i was never meant to be in acres it's the mad thing so like i've been in them since 2018 um i met them through my old band canvas where we would like we did a bunch of tours together we did like europe and england and always stayed in contact with the guys. Um, I did some merch designs for them before I did um, get a real job kid. Was always, was always speaking with Freeman, the guitarist a bunch. And they had a tour coming up in the winter of 2018, I think with, uh, I was with Silent Planet, the band Silent Planet. Um, And I was going to go out and for some reason tour manage them. I think I was between jobs and just wanted to go away and, and like hang out. So I was like, yeah, I'll come along. I'll like tour manage it. And, get everything sorted and sell some merch for you or whatever. And a couple months before the tour, I think their bass player, John left. Um, and I had just left my previous band canvas and had a bunch of bass gear, nothing to do with it. And Freeman hit me up one day and was just like, Oh, you're on this tour anyway. Do you want to just fill in? Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like I'll happily fill in. Um, and I've been, the fill in turned into a, yeah, I've been a fill in ever since it turned into a real member <laughs> after that. And I've just been, every tour I'd come back and do it. And I think 
after the Lonely World campaign, I was like finally allowed in like promos and all that shit. So um, yeah, I've just been a a big fill in for ages. Now I'm a, now I'm a real thing. That's awesome. So that came first, and then Out of Love was born through um, just lockdown. Like me and some mates from like where I come from. Um, obviously, everyone had more free time than they wanted, so we we're like, should we just start a band that we would have liked when we were younger? Um, and we just kind of started writing little punk songs and recorded them via like the internet, and then met up when we could to track them properly and just it's just like a fun a fun project me and my mates do uh, when we all have some free time yeah that's cool man so so in acres you play bass is that right yeah that's right yeah acres i play bass and is out of love you you're fronting that uh, yeah i'm just i'm just or? no i'm just singing in that band but i do a, like most okay. of the writing with um one of my best mates dan me and him like because i've played guitar for years as well so me and him usually meet up and like hash out a couple of tracks and um yeah and just kind of have fun with it so you've got you've got two bands that are keeping you busy you've got get a real job kid that's keeping you busy you've got any other any other secrets up your sleeve that you're you're involved with as well <laughs> not really like I, I just like I, was, I say I say this a lot like I just feel grateful that I can be creative in so many different outlets and so many different avenues like I, I all I want to do is be creative I don't care if that's like writing music making art for people um writing like poetry or lyrics or whatever I've always just wanted to keep my like ever ticking over mind on something because my mind is always like working at a million miles an hour and it, I can never really switch it off unless I'm doing something creative where I can focus all of that into one thing um yeah. and I, I find it really useful just to like be able to make a living out of keeping my brain busy I really I really like it and I, I think if I didn't have that like, I've done the normal <clears throat> nine to five jobs and stuff and it just like crushes my whole soul into non-existent pain like, i hate it so much I was, <laughs> I, was, I was saying the other day like i don't know i have full respect for people that can work in an office and and be like content with that maybe people no one is content with it but i have friends that do like normal like quote unquote normal jobs and they're fine with it and i've done that and i just i can't like it, it really like mm. physically pains me to not give my brain the satisfaction to do what it wants to do and having to do something for someone else that I don't necessarily want to do. And it, it sounds selfish, but I just fucking hate working for someone else. I, I like being my own boss and being able to like tell myself what I can do when I can do it and, and stuff. Yeah, that's cool, man. Let's uh, let's just talk about design real quick and, and kind of that creative outlet. Cause you um, did, uh, or you, you put together all the artwork for um, the This World collection for Ghost Club, which uh, is amazing. We we love it. Some of our some of our favorite artwork that we've- It looks sick. The, yeah. Yeah, man, you, you, you killed it. It was, it's awesome. We love it. Um, but just talk about kind of that. What was the sort of inspiration uh, behind that and like was there a story or was it very much kind of you, you you'd seen some cool pieces of artwork that you wanted to piece together like how did you land with with what we've got I think it was the name like ghost club I thought about like like just like spirits and being a ghost and and what that can mean in so many different contexts and maybe being like at a place but not seen and and the way the world works um and how you can kind of feel trapped in this body but there's something behind it that you want to like let go of um and it's kind of hard to do that and then my mind obviously went to like cages and chains and all that gnarly stuff and I tried to piece together like a collage that kind of envisioned that world of being trapped within something that you want to break free of um whether that's like a, a spirit inside of you or like a 
a lifestyle or like a routine that you're in. I think it kind of relates to a bunch of different things. Um, so it's mainly the name of the brand, really. That I, I, I try and like, whether it's like with brands or bands or or whatever, I really like to either have a backstory of it or see lyrics or like a, a brief from the band or the client that kind of digs into their world and what they want to do. And then I try and pull ideas from that rather than shooting in the dark. And I feel like you get better work when both sides are kind of open with each other and telling a story. Yeah, um, love that. Some of the work that I've done that's been like, oh, just do your thing, like never really works out the way you want it to be. And it's kind of a lot more back and forth and more revisions that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. That's really cool. And uh, you've had some um, some pretty uh, epic clients in the last sort of uh, year. Are you able to talk, uh, talk about some of those? Yeah, I've been really lucky. So, I mean, it, it all kind of started just after lockdown and the world started opening up. I'd, I'd obviously done bits for friends bands and it's always been bands I've met through touring um so like my biggest client before this year would have been a band called boston manor because i toured of them in like the back end of 2019 just before covid hit um and then i did some stuff at imminence because i toured of them as well just before covid so i kind of did that and then like bands sort of pick up on what you've done and it's, it's so weird like working in music so dumb because people won't touch you until you've done something they think's worthy of being like there's like a weird gatekeeper thing and i, I fucking hate it like the, the fact that people don't think you're worth working with unless you've got like some giant client list or whatever is you could be the best artist in the world, but if you haven't ticked certain boxes, people don't want to touch you, which, which I think is completely idiotic, but whatever. So I, I did like the Boston Manor stuff. I worked with Imminence and then lockdown happened and I was sort of doing bits and bobs for friends bands here and there, like holding absence and loathe. And it obviously helps when those bands start to get a lot bigger. Um, and then you get other bands hit you up and it all, it all kind of just snowballed really until the the beginning of this year um, where I signed like a, I don't want to say a deal, but like I ended up getting employed by Warner uh, Music. So like WMG hit me up and they said they'd been following my page for a while. They really liked the stuff I did and that they had some clients that liked my work and would potentially want to work with me. I thought it was a scam. Like I got this email through and I was like, this isn't, <laughs> this is like not true. This is not legit. This, they're going to take yeah. all my, inf- they're all going to take all my information. They're going to rob me and I'm going to be homeless. And because they wanted like, <laughs> they wanted like my, um, like my, my passport, like they wanted like all this like legit stuff. And I was just like, man, I feel like they're just going to like, this is not real. They're going to rob me. And this is not going to be a, um, it's not going to be a legit thing, but I, I sent it off and kind of, crossed my fingers I wasn't getting scammed and they hit me back up and I, they gave me a contract and I had to sign this contract and there was a bunch of like NDAs and all, the, all that stuff um, so like when I do work for clients until it's published I can't really talk about it which is fair um, and I didn't think anything of it I, I'd signed it all off did all of that and thought like okay I, if I get work from it I get work from it if I don't I don't really care um, it's just a cool opportunity didn't hear back from them for ages and I thought like yeah there's a scam like that's it I was, I was like checking <laughs> checking my bank account, making sure nothing had like gone missing or whatever. Um, like assumed that my like Instagram was going to get like hat, like all this like mad shit was going on in my head. I was just like, yo, they're, this isn't real. They're mugging me off. Um, and I got an email through probably about a month and a half later to do some merch for a guy called Ben Platt. Um, and I'd never heard of him, checked him out. And turns out he was on that film Pitch Perfect and he's like a singer now. Um, cool. And he had like 4 million likes or followers or whatever and, and I was like oh this is like a real thing did it submitted the work again didn't think anything of it a couple of weeks later they hit me up and they were like yo Ben loves it he wants to print these and I was like oh cool 
And they're like, send us an invoice for all the work, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, this could be a cool thing. Again, didn't hear anything from them for like another couple of months. And then I got an email from one of the ladies. It's like my handler over there. And she said, I've got a band here that really like your stuff. Um, could you put together some pieces for a 20 year anniversary for one of their albums? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she was being a bit cryptic and weird. And I was like, yeah, sure. Who's the band? Forwarded me their information. And it was My Chemical Romance. And I remember opening up the email wow. in bed at like 2 a.m. Never check emails when you're in bed. It's the dumbest thing. But I was like, I'll just check my emails because I couldn't sleep. And I saw this MCR thing. And I looked at my phone. And I just kind of just closed it and thought like, my initial response was like, fuck's sake, because I was so scared to like accept the job because I didn't want to get rejected by like one of my favorite bands ever. Mm-hmm. I was almost just going to be like, nah, I'd rather not because I don't want to, I don't want someone in that camp to be like, this sucks because it would just crush me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like tried to fall asleep, couldn't sleep, didn't sleep for the whole night. And the deadline was like, obviously everything in music is last minute. The deadline was like three days later. I woke up, like got out of bed in the morning and I was like, fuck it, I'll just do it um said yeah sure I'll do it put together some things that I thought was really cool um sent it off heard nothing for like five months and I was just like yep they hate it no one's gonna work with me again that's it like whatever um and they got back to me and they loved it and they they wanted to buy all the stuff off of me which is really cool and that's how it kind of snowballed into me getting bigger clients I don't really know how I think maybe people just talk to other people I I don't really question it I'm not really that clued up on the um on that aspect of it but it kind of ever since then i just had like a regular stream of clients people really into it and i've managed to do work for like some brands and some bands that i literally never thought i'd work with in a, in a million years like i was lucky enough to do some stuff with ollie at drop dead like i worked with bring me with matt their drummer on like some of their merch stuff at their store and it, all this mad stuff that literally just came from starting an instagram page and making bits of art that i thought was cool love that yeah, it's great. It's been really natural and really organic. And um, it's taken a while for sure, but I've, I've kind of been really lucky the last year to be able to work on much more bigger things and quit a job that I didn't like that much to just focus on doing art full time. Um, it's the dream. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, anyone that's self-employed, everyone I've spoken to, it's definitely stressful because I have this irrational fear of waking up one morning and everyone I've ever worked with just disappears and never gets back to me. And you're just like, oh, that's, I guess, I guess that's that. That was fun. Like my, I get this weird, like feeling every January where in the new year, everyone's just going to be like, nah, I don't want to work with you anymore. And then I'm just stuck with no clients. But I think that's like a normal fear for most self-employed people. Dude, maybe. You, you are not alone. Yeah, <laughs> for I'm, sure. I'm, like, just, I'm just getting over that now. <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like everyone's going to be like, well, he sucks now. And that that's just, I have, I have massive imposter syndrome because I don't have, a design degree i didn't go to uni to do it i didn't study any form of creative art or or anything like that i um never feel like i quite belong there and i don't feel cool enough to do what i do not that that's like a thing but do you know what i mean like i just feel like a complete outsider in in every aspect of that world um and i also think it's mental that a lot of design agencies and companies won't employ you unless you have a degree and they don't even they don't even open your portfolio unless you have some sort of degree and i think it's um it's really backwards and there's some really great artists out there that either don't have the privilege to go to university or don't have whatever you need to get into uni they don't have and they didn't do it and they, they had a different life path but they could be creating the best stuff in the world and it goes unseen because of bullshit bits of paper 
Yeah. I hear you, mate. Complete, completely relate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With, with that in mind, Jack, um, what, do you have any advice for anyone who's looking to get into maybe the, just the creative industry in general? Mm. It's, it's, it's really nice to hear. I mean, you've said that it's been a very organic process for you, but from listening to you talk, it definitely makes me think that obviously you had an underlying aptitude and talent for this. Mm. And so it's all based on a level of skill and kind of artistic uh, prowess, as it were. And without that, without that foundation, no matter what you did to try and achieve kind of, you know, developing this wouldn't have necessarily, you know, resulted in kind of this being a livelihood. Mm. But because you, because you had that aptitude for it and then you were surrounding yourself by people who needed that type of service and you were you weren't doing it you know for lots of money you were you were just kind of consistently being the go-to guy and being able to kind of develop your skills as maybe bands and artists around you were kind of also on the up mm. um I guess it's similar in a lot of ways to other, I, I guess, other professions, uh, other freelance professions, like say, say like a producer, um, you, you do things for cheap to begin with. You work yeah, with your mates, sure. mate, mates sort of bands. And then one of them, one of them pops off, gets quite big and you've got, you've recorded a couple of their things. They come back to you, you do a bit more for them. And then because, you know, other a lot more people are seeing your work you start getting the recognition through kind of that that kind of mm. upfront upfront hard work that you've done in the beginning for for sort of the the lower amounts of money um but with with that in mind i guess yeah do you have uh yeah do you have any advice for anybody thinking about starting out or who has a love for love for design perhaps yeah i mean i can only really give advice in like the the lane i'm in whereas like music and and um and like alternative counterculture stuff. But I, th I think I, I have a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram and ask me the same thing. Like, how would you do this? What, why, like, how have you got all these clients? Like, wh what have you done? Blah, 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 blah. And I really think like two things are really important. One, find your style and find something that you can do really well that works for you, that you find fun and you find that you get pleasure out of yourself. Cause if you're doing something that you don't like, or you're just doing something to please a style that isn't you, you're never going to feel happy doing it. And you're not going to get for me anyway, you're not going to get creatively and um, for lack of a better word, I'm not sound too hippie, like spiritually what you want from something, it's not going to fulfill you in, in any way, unless you're doing something that's true to yourself and true to what you can put out. Because there's, there's a lot of bands that come to me and, I always turn the work down when they send me a screenshot of another designer or another like type of art that they want. And they go, we want this. Can you like, we want it to look like this. And I always say like, this is really cool, but this is not my lane. This isn't my, this isn't my forte. Go to this person. I usually link them to another artist that I know that will do a good job because I'm not going to try and do something I can't do because it's not going to be my true work. It's not going to be my best work. Um, so I'd say firstly, find a style that suits you, have fun, um learning how to do it and just have fun in the whole creative process and journey where that's the best part like my favorite things to do is 
when I have a, a, a free moment and I can experiment in the world that I'm in and, and find new ways to do things and find um, new layout ideas and ways to work with different um, like media and all that kind of stuff. I, I love to find different ways to do things. So I, I'd definitely say find your lane, find your skill set, find a style that suits you the best and just have fun with it and keep doing it and keep getting better at it. And secondly, surround yourself with bands, go to shows, like don't necessarily like punish people, but if you're, if you're like an approachable person and you can talk to people, and even if you can't talk to people, just go to shows and tag bands and things that you're seeing, like listen to bands, like find other artists that do things in that world and talk to them and just really be involved in a community. And once you start making friends in that world, your name's going to get thrown around in conversations. I, I truly believe that. And don't just sit back and rely on the internet to do stuff for you because it's more than likely the first couple of jobs you do are going to be the friendships you make at shows or friends in bands and stuff. And, and you can kind of, like you said, ride on their coattails for a bit until one of them pops off, hopefully. And then um, people will be like, oh, who did that? And then it, it kind of just snowballs. And that, that's how I did it. It's mainly just making friends and, and being friends with people in bands and friends with people that start clothing companies um and there's so many people that do that in the, our world and in the in the um like the hardcore and punk and metal world there's like everyone's in a band everyone wants to start a clothing company um, so just immerse yourself in that world and help people out like yeah don't oversell yourself money-wise to start off with like i was doing stuff for free for so long just to hone my skills and working a normal job um that would be my two main things but firstly just have fun that's like the the, the main thing is find your style and have fun with it that's that's what i would say because i think if you're not having fun and you're not being creative to yourself and what you want to do you're you're never going to find the the right lane for you if that makes sense i'm terrible at explaining things that was perfect that's great man no it's really good um it's it's weird to hear somebody talk about developing their, their their business and their brand in that way because if we were in education or a more corporate setting, mm. you know, they, they would be referring to all of that as networking. Which, yeah, for which, sure. Yeah. Which is the terrible same word, terrible Ter- word, terrible word. But I, I, yeah. I, I love the, love the, the way that you expressed it as, you know, just, just building your friendship group and your community because in essence, that is what networking is, but networking is such a terrible word. Yeah, basically um, make friends, but don't kiss any butts. That's like my my um, mantra. Like don't, no one wants to be that person, like that punisher that's kind of at the merch desk or around people that's like showing people what they can do and, and like showing them their phone and all this shit. Like just, just hang out with your friends, watch bands, buy merch and have fun. And you're going to slowly, the conversation is going to somehow turn to like, so what do you do? And then, you don't have to be like a punisher to to get what you want in this world. And I think people like a lot of bands, especially like the world I come from, a lot of bands can see through the people that are there for the wrong reasons, for sure. Absolutely. That's cool, man. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll start drawing this to a, a close, I think, Jack, um, cool. because you've been so fantastic and, you know, it's it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, a couple of questions before we go. Um is there anything that you can tell us about that you're working on right now that you're into? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a, a bunch more stuff for Drop Dead, like literally this week. Um, 
Ollie sent nice. me through like a little brief thing, which is really cool. And like um, the other creative director, Harry, he sent me some bits through, which is nice. Um, what else have I been doing? So my to-do list is crazy. That's the one that stood out to me this week. Um, oh, and like the, the dudes in Beer as an Ocean. Um, I recently toured of them. Again, like that's a perfect example of getting work through not trying to get work where I just did a tour with Acres with Being as an Ocean um and hanging out with those guys for like three weeks um we just got talking about art and stuff and they like found some of the bits that i did and saw some bits that i did for acres and then they ended up like on my instagram and looking through shit and they asked me to help do their um some bits for some upcoming stuff they have so that's another perfect example of um, amazing making mates again you don't have to be in a band um to do this you don't have to tour with a band to um get work but just yeah just hang out and make yourself known at shows and i think just going to shows and yeah having your face in that world and that community is key mm. it definitely feels like you you've you've developed and crafted a very intentional life in terms of kind of the the art that surrounds you and what you do for you know what you do for work and what what values you have um as a as a as a person um because you know, you decided that a nine to five wasn't your thing. Um, and I guess you knew that relatively early on. And yeah, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm lazy, dumb, or a mixture of both. But I just I just don't like, it, it's not for me. And I know it's not for everyone. But I just, I just don't like it. And I'm stubborn as fuck. And if I want to do something, I will like be chewing at that bone until it's like dust, and there's nothing there. Like I just, I will just keep doing something and keep doing something until yeah not not even necessarily that it, it sticks and that i never thought this would be a career but i just loved doing it and i would still do this if i didn't get paid for it same as music i not that i make any money from music but i would still be in bands still writing songs of friends because i just love doing it and it's something that like makes me feel um fulfilled and i, I get like an, a, an enormous amount of enjoyment from it yeah i, I definitely don't think it's uh anything to do with or stupidity or dumbness i think it's uh it, it it's it, it's just somebody that really knows their own mind and uh has really crafted something that suits them which is just so nice to see thank you yeah it's, it's been um it's still stressful it's, i mean you know everyone knows it works with working and also working with bands sucks it's the worst thing i don't know why i don't know why anyone in the world would want to work with bands because they're all terrible humans um and, it, and it's and it's um it's always stressful. There's 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 the odd few, but like usually it's just like, yeah, the same old shit. But I love it. I love and hate it all at the same time. Nice. So <laughs> we we we've started. I say we've got a regular feature. We started a feature on the podcast on on, on episode one, <clears throat> just highlighting one or two acts or one or two artists that we're into at the moment. Um, mm. Each time we do the podcast um, to round off our conversation with you and to add to our bare bones playlist that people can find on Spotify. Mm. Um, are there, are there a couple of artists that you'd like us to chuck on there that you're into at the moment? You can, uh, you can pimp your own band. If you want, you can pimp out of love. Nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Let's have a look what I've been listening <laughs> to. Um, so there's a really cool band. So my other band out of love, we're on a label called Venn records and they just put out a record by a band called Extra Large Life, so XL Life, and the album's called The Boogie Down South. Um, and they have a song called Baby Steps with Bob Villain, which is really cool. It's kind of like 
groovy hardcore um with like a nice positive message um and it's um yeah it's a fun listen it's really good so i'd say that is probably the last thing i listened to that i really got behind um nice yeah yeah extra large life and they just put out a record by a guy called meryl streak as well who's really good cool man and uh where where can people find you on uh on on the socials um so it's at get a real job kid on instagram um and then i've got a website which is g-a-r-j-k get a real job kid yes whatever that is it's first letters the initials um, yeah dot com um and that's just like a one where you can see like a best of on a client list and all that stuff nice and you you sometimes have like prints for sale or something yeah yeah so i I recently did a zine um i recently put out a zine for valentine's day which was like a a bunch of work around like love and all that like all the emotions surrounded by it and it's it's sold so quick and really 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 well so i'm i'm like really thankful for everyone that picked that up um every time i sell something my pessimistic brain I think like, oh, I'll just try it. Like, cause I don't, you, I, cause I do this for a living and I make money from it. I don't like to sell that much stuff off of the page. I don't want to monetize it that much. Cause I'd rather just people see the stuff I post and get enjoyment from it for free. Cause not everyone can afford to buy stuff, which is fair. And especially nowadays. Yeah, sure. So I, I do a couple of zines here and there and try and keep them as cheap as possible. And this sold so well, and it, it's really cool. And I've, I've just, with the money I've made from that, I've just paid to get some actual nice, like A3 prints made up. Um, which I'll sell and I'll probably put some um, a percentage to that towards like a charity. I usually try and donate some money as well. Awesome, so man. that goes through my Instagram as well. So it's just like a link from there. Great. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We oh, really no worries. Appreciate- I hope it was good. I never really do these things. And when I do, I, I always feel just really fucking boring. Dude, it, it's been so good to hear your story. Um, and uh, there's so much in there I can relate to. And on a personal level, man, your artwork, I find it I find it really inspiring. So Thank I hope you. people go and check it out. And, uh, you know, like for me, I, I explored a lot of that sort of stuff as well as a designer, like the, mm. the photocopying techniques and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And it, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing no, to do. No, it's like, I think people see um, it from like, I think people look at it. Yeah, haven't tried it and it's just like yeah that's you just cut stuff out and you scan it right and it's like well yeah technically yes but it's more about the composition and having an eye for it and there's there's days where i'll spend all day arranging something and like six hours in i'll just look at it and be like this is shit like what what am i doing and um (laughs) it's still it's still a learning process for sure yeah well it's cool man i'm i'm a fan i'm a fan of your work and uh yeah i really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, oh well thank you for thank you for inviting me Thanks, Jack. No worries. See you later. Yeah, boy. See you in a bit. What a legend. He's great. What a nice guy. I feel like he could uh, have a career in voiceover as well. He's got a great voice. He does. He does. He should start a podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's got the time. No, fair enough. Well, speaking of time, we're fast running out of it. So, um, any other business? What's going on? We've got some new music for the playlist. Yeah, so uh, we've got Jack's suggestion, XL Life, Baby Steps. We'll chuck that in. What have you been, what have you been listening to? Uh, so, I'm playing for a new artist um, next month called Ola Bliss. 
a little bit of a different vibe to um, what's on the playlist at the moment, but hopefully people would dig it. It's kind of like dark, sort of pop, electro kind of vibe. Um, but uh, we had a rehearsal last night in London and um, it's, it's wicked, man. It's, it's a little bit more rocky. Um, and we're playing a show at the Underworld um, in March. Um, so you should come along, hang out, um, should be cool. Um, but yeah, throw a, we'll throw one of her songs on the playlist. Okay, fantastic. Um, I got suggested uh, an artist called Stephen O by uh, a friend of mine the other day. Um, is that different to uh, is that different to Steve O? It is different, yeah. So Stephen yeah. to start with, and O uh, like a capital O H at um, ah. as as this sort of last last name. Um, but he's he's really cool, like super small at the moment. Looks kind of like a young surfer kind of dude. Um, really cool, amazing voice. Um, singer songwriter, acoustic vibes. We'll definitely chuck oh, that nice. one as well. Cool, cool man. Yeah, it should be a, a, a nice little playlist that we put together for this episode. Yeah, wicked. Well, this has been fun. Has been fun. And uh, hopefully first of many interviews that we start doing on the pod. Yeah. So uh, if you've enjoyed this, let us know. Leave a review. Leave some stars. Um, I don't know if we've had any reviews yet, but if you leave a review, we'll read it out. Um, and if you want to abuse us, that's okay, as long as you give us five stars. And we'll read that out as well. I think that's fair. Yeah. Five stars, either way. Either way. <laughs> what else do we need to cover off before we before we go is that that all we do now oh um don't forget 30 percent off anything at ghost club using discount code ghost club 30 yeah so ghost club three zero ghost club 30 go and grab yourself a bargain and uh maybe pick up some of the this world collection uh yeah. that jack jack designed for us which is fantastic very limited uh, I've still got a few pieces left, so grab it while you can. I think that's us. That's us. The Bare Bones Podcast.